Any car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest Chili Cook-Off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger, for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home every day from there. And now, here's Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It is always great. We have, yeah, we have good things to talk wait, about. Wait a second. What are you doing? Wait a second. What? Why what are you just, doing? Just taking my pills. You just took out of your pocket in the, in the middle of the beginning of a podcast. Uh, I'm just going to tell it as I see it because people are hearing this. Well, why only is hearing this anybody's it. You just, just took out to- what looks to me like toilet, toilet paper. paper, basically, yes. right, Megan? Yes. And it's it not wrapped a, it's up. tissue. Wrapped up in the toilet paper is a, a pills, pill or a couple pills. of pills. Mm-hmm. It's Metamucil. Oh, my God. What? You wrap Metamucil are you, are in you toilet serious? paper. You, you go ahead with your marijuana. <laughs> oh, I got Metamucil. <laughs> no. You thought during is, you a podcast that you would, well, first of all, the fact, Megan, that he puts, met, I mean, it's creepy, isn't it's it? So it's so like gross. weird. It's not it's creepy. So gross. Wait until you're one. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it. you there will never be a time Actually, I, I am, am rolling pills in yeah. oh, toilet paper. I won't be around <laughs> anymore, but if I could come back, I will be haunting you. And then you thought that it would be a good idea during a podcast I to take, take on, Metamucil. It's, appropriate it's time. time. My watch goes... So should we have, like, clear a path to the bathroom? What no, are you doing? I can, no, this is, this is it's so you, personal. Do you it's not a, have a pill case? It's, it's not the Metamucil. It's the toilet paper wrapped it's Metamucil. It's first of all, this happens to be tissues from the Cincinnati Hotel. Do you oh, know how okay. much a room... <laughs> do you know how much a room <laughs> okay. costs there? That, that changes it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then it's you totally spend your money on the <laughs> yeah. pill case. Yeah. I'm going to... It's not from Motel 8. It's yeah. from the well, Cincinnati. I'm not going to take, take it. Go ahead Fine. and take your pill. No, take your no, pill. I can be uncomfortable. Take your pill. <laughs> we don't want do to be take, responsible. Do you know what? Actually, this does remind me. This was, this was embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. Several years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I was a judge on the Miss Universe pageant, but they were picking the Miss USA as one of the contestants. And we were doing that in Las Vegas. Now they have, I think there were four judges, three beautiful women. And uh, in fact, I think one of them was Vanessa. I think she's married to... um, Lachey. Vanessa Milano. I think Ah. that's her. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But anyway, there were three beautiful women up there and I'm the fourth judge. And this thing was being televised. Well... And I'm there at the desk, and I thought they're taking a commercial break, so I take my tissues out. <laughs> and I just very quietly, you know, people do that. You take whatever pills you're taking. But you took out toilet she tissue. Turns, and- so she turned to me, and she says, 
what are you doing? And I, I didn't think anything of it. I said, I'm, I'm just taking, I'm taking my pill. She says, what is that? I swear to God. And I said, it's my Metamucil. She says, oh, my God! And, the, and then uh, you didn't uh, learn from and it. And we were on the air. <laughs> oh, that's great. And Mickey is watching at home. Oh. She says, what were you doing? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable. Where, what are we talking about? Hey. Oh, yeah. What do you think I'm about what, what's happening in the state of Indiana? Now, you know, this podcast will be on the shelf for a little bit, and but but what? yet this this issue seems this to is be... outrageous, and it's it's beyond the. This is the uh, the law that you know Indiana passed, uh, very controversial, which basically even though the exact words aren't there because they wouldn't dare put those words in it, but the idea is that an individual or a company can refuse to serve someone who is gay or lesbian, for example, uh, if they use as their reason their own personal religious beliefs. And that is the only reason this law was passed. You know, when the governor was on the other day on national television, on one of the Sunday morning shows, I think it was George Stephanopoulos, and saying, no, this isn't meant to be discriminatory, that just is totally dishonest. There would be no reason you pass this legislation other than to give people the right to deny serving gays and lesbians because they don't like gay People are lesbian, they think it's uh, ungodly or for whatever their, quote, religious beliefs are. Now, first of all, this is America. Nobody is saying that you can't have your own religion. No one is closing churches on Sundays. No one's closing temples on Saturday mornings. No one's closing the mosques. Have whatever religion you want. Believe anything you want. But this is America. And if you open your business to the public, the law is well settled that you may not discriminate. Now, what is the reason for this? Really? They give this example. Well, what if you're a 70-year-old, which I resent they use a 70-year-old as the example. (laughs) A 70-year-old grandmother, that's what they say is selling flowers, and she doesn't want to sell flowers to these guys who are getting married, a gay marriage. Nobody's saying you have to go to the wedding. Nobody's saying you have to endorse their marriage. No one says you have to believe it's a good thing. But you don't have the right in this country to deny someone service because you don't like the color of their skin, you don't like their religion, you don't like that they're gay or lesbian. Are we seriously still having this debate in America? Look, folks, if you don't like gay people, don't marry them. Amen. If you don't like a lesbian, don't marry her. You know, this is, it, it is so outrageous and people are upset with the state of Indiana. And whether it's the NCAA, which is headquartered there, the Chamber of Commerce there, people are saying, you know what? If you're going to be that bigoted, we don't need to bring the business to your state. The fallout is huge, isn't it? And it's so huge that even uh, today, so we really don't know where this is going to end. He's saying, well, it's not broken, but I'll fix it. That's a lie. He knows it's broken. That's the only reason they passed the law. 
we send these people to the state legislature, Congress, or whatever. Is this really what they want to spend their time doing? Who the hell came up with this idea? Hey, you know what we could do today? Let's pass a law so a 70-year-old woman doesn't have to sell flowers to gay people. I mean, really? Is that what this country is about? You know, it's disgusting. I don't think there's another side to this issue. You know, I'm a reasonably religious person, and I'm not a majority religion, okay? So I'm Jewish. I don't feel persecuted in this country. I don't think that because most people are Christian, therefore, oh my gosh, what am I going to be able to do? You know, I'm not going to let Christians watch my show. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> They've got taste. <laughs> but I mean, Jesus, just give it up. Just stop it. And, and this Governor Pence, who may otherwise be a very nice person, and he probably wants to run for, he's talking about running for president in the Republican primaries. No, if you don't understand America, you have no business running for president of the United States. Don't even think about it. By the way, and, do you think he was uh, politically naive to do this, not anticipating the firestorm that followed. And by the way, in, in my day job, one of the things I do is I teach at a local university in the grad school of education. I'm an educator. So I help teachers become principals and the course that I teach includes public relations. So I teach students about uh, crisis management. And one of the things that I push is this concept, I've given it my own name, called chessboard analysis. And uh, chess, in the game of chess, yeah. you know this, we played some chess uh, over the years, even against one another. I've always won. But yeah. in the chess game... Where's that yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the chess In a chess game, you look three or four moves down the board. And that's the nature of chess, is it not? It's yeah. always anticipating what the opponent's going to do and what your next move's going to be, et cetera. In chessboard analysis, if I'm a PR person and I come in to sit down with the governor, and the governor says, look, I'm going to quietly sign this law that I've gotten my legislature to pass in response, by the way, I think you'll agree with this, Jerry, to the push from Tea Party type people, real hard right wing folks. I'm going to placate them and I'm going to get this passed. If I'm a PR person, I sit down and I say, well, before you put your signature to it, I'd like to tell you three or four things that I think could happen. And I, I'm not making them up. I think they very well could happen. When I tell you what they are, then if you say to me, check, I can handle that hit. Check, I can handle that hit. I can handle the NCAA, Charles Barkley. These are sports people saying we're going to get the hell out of Indiana. I can handle nine CEOs, all of whom are Republican from Indiana, saying you can't do this. I can handle the firestorm from the Democratic Party folks all over the country. And if I say I can take all that, I'll sign it, then go ahead and sign it. And I congratulate you for your courage. That's not what happened. He, no, he totally, un he did not do chessboard analysis. He's been completely blindsided by this. And that's why I ask you the question. This is a guy that wants to run for president. He has that level of naivete. Well, he thought this would go quietly. First of all, if he's looking at the map, understand, if he's thinking about running for president, he's from Indiana. So he figures he's going to do well there. It's his state. It's a Republican, et cetera. So he's looking at the early primaries. Iowa, a majority of the people who vote in the Iowa Republican caucuses are from the Christian right. And by the way, I don't, 
you know, I'm not, very rarely do I defend the Tea Party, but I don't know that this is a Tea Party issue. I think this is more the, the religious right, which is really upset with, uh, you know, with gay marriage and, and that issue, because I think the Tea Party probably has a lot of people that are libertarian that probably think it, the government should stay out of it. But anyway, so he's looking at Iowa. Then he looks at South Carolina, another very religious right state in terms of the Republican primaries. So he's probably looking at the math, and he says, if I grab this issue first, because look, you, you got Walker in Wisconsin. He figures he's going to get people that hate unions. So, you know, that, that, that's his shtick. And you've got um, Cruz, who's thinking, well, good, I'll get the Tea Party vote. Mm -hmm. So I think Pence probably thought this, this makes political sense. I'll take some heat. He didn't think it'd be this much heat. Uh, but he probably thought, I'll take some heat, but I'll be the darling of the, the Christian right on this issue. And please understand, this is not an anti-religion rant I'm giving here. Just the opposite. This is America. You've got to give people their own independence and, and freedom to do this. We, the taxpayers, pay for the roads, pay for the fire and police protection, that people can have the business. And when you open it to the public, someone who has paid tax dollars for the roads that he can drive, he or she can drive to the florist, pays for the police and fire that'll be there in case something happens to the florist. With taxpayers, you're not allowed then to say, well, because of my beliefs, you can't come in. No, that's public accommodations. And that's a sacred area, is it? We know yeah. that from the civil rights era, that you cannot say to people, well, in this town, if you're gay, lesbian, you cannot find a place yeah. for flowers or a, a hall right. to have your reception, et cetera. And there's a bigger issue than that, because every, what they are doing, and you're starting to see it, they're bringing in the lawyers. And the lawyers are finding, well, all this really means is that the company can use as a defense, and then it has the fact that it's the religious belief of the company owners, and then it goes to court, and the court will determine. So they're coming up with all, but we know, we know the reason that this is being done is because they mean, they mean to discriminate against the lesbian, gay, transgender community. That is their motive. It's an absolute lie to believe there's anything else to this other than we want to discriminate against these people. And I'm saying, once again, you don't like gays, don't date them. Then you don't have to worry about winding up marrying them, okay? Uh, by the way, it's another example of your thesis that uh, at the end of the day, progressive positions tend to come to the forefront and uh, people, gay people, uh, lesbian, transgender, bisexuals, it's a new day. The country has shifted its view on this and it's become more tolerant. And it's interesting, we're getting, continuing to get some contacts from people who are hearing about the fact that you're doing a show. And Ann Coulter is one who made contact with us and left a message. <laughs> she called? Yeah. Well, the other day you had Brittany, uh, uh, Brittany um, Spears has uh, contacted us. Miley, uh, Miley Cyrus they can't be calling. Well, you tell me. I, I think mean, you underestimate how very famous you are. Yeah, you really, Jerry. Jerry. A lot of people no. want to know. I know Megan and I talk about this constantly. Is what's it like to be Jerry Springer? In fact, let me ask you a question, Megan. Uh -huh. 
Wouldn't it be cool if one time, if it's like five minutes circling Lunkin Airport, we could get a ride on that big King Air jet, corporate jet that he flies yeah. around it. And the new- just a simple thing. We won't use the bathroom. Just fly <laughs> us around a big water, loopy like circle around Lunkin Airport because the port- at about 500 people. Because the schmucks will never know yeah. what that feels like. Uh, well, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to what yeah. Ann Coulter had to say. This is Ann Coulter. Jerry, I listen to your little podcast and those dickwads you work with for one simple reason. As a reminder of what dumbasses you liberals really are. Someday they'll study your puny little brains and find nothing but bird crap and sludge inside all of them. By the way, Jerry, is there any chance I could get two tickets to your TV show? Do I email that little minion Gene or what? Oh, come, come on. on, Jerry. Hit me back. <laughs> Isn't well, that something? Congratulations. She knows who you are. She's a little aggressive. Isn't She's that aggressive. something? She doesn't no like matter it. what, they all still want tickets for your TV show. Yeah. Yeah, and well, we, she's we a big Grateful Dead fan too, isn't she? Like, oh, she is? oh yeah, you go on her website. There's also yeah, she's a Deadhead. She's she going to be because there's a big concert coming up in uh, their last concert in Chicago. Have yeah. your people contact hers, Jerry. You guys could go to the Grateful well, she Dead has show my together. Number. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go, Would give that me a not call. Be a headline: Jerry Springer yeah. and Ann Coulter. <laughs> we were once actually we were once on a show together. Were you really? And actually, she she was very friendly uh, backstage. We were on yeah. um, what's the show that used to be on CNN? Crossfire. Oh, nice. Hey, tonight we have Arlo McKinley, and we're doing this thing ongoing of featuring a songwriter from really around America. And we started with people who are in the greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, this whole uh, Midwestern region. And uh, we're going to ask, please, Arlo McKinley to play a song, and then we're going to chat about it when you're done. Whenever you're ready, Arlo. And girl, you can wait For wild horses But I won't And girl, you can wait
That off your latest album, which yes. is self-titled, the yes, name of the self-titled, and your group is called Arlo McKinley and the Lonesome Sound, yes, correct? Yes, that is correct. And where are you guys playing next? Are you in Huntsville, did I hear? Uh, Huntsville, this this weekend, Hunt Friday, and then uh, we're doing some local shows and uh, hitting the road in June, making our way out to Colorado and, and back, so. Where are you going in Colorado? Uh, Denver, Fort Collins, and Colorado Springs. How did you get to where you are? What's your background in roots music? Uh, I sang since I can remember, since I was young. Uh, I started really playing acoustic kind of music around the age of 17 with another songwriter from here. And uh, we did our thing for a while. And just through that, I met other people in other bands through the city. And then that had kind of died down. And I really didn't play music for about two years. And then just found a group of people. When you write... Do the words come as you're strumming, or do you first like write out the words and then you find chords yeah. that go with it? I usually have a melody in the head yeah. first, I think, and the then melody I'll, comes first. I think so. Yeah, for yeah. me, more, yeah. more. It's usually a melody, and then I'll, yeah. and I'll just come up with something that kind of fits. You are it. awfully good. Thank you, you very really much. Are. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. What's you. the story behind that song? Someone wanting something to go on much longer than it should, waiting for a. Kind of like a waiting for Superman type situation. Yep. Just going to keep waiting. So It's a good poem. Yeah. Thank good you. Good job. Thank you very uh, much. Yeah. Can you take us out on Irene Goodnight? I am going to try. I'm well, going to do my it. best. Oh, yeah, this is the second great. guitar coming in. And, of course, Jerry Springer, he carries the song. Yeah, uh, yeah right. As long as we get to that <laughs> point. Actually, you know, when I sing, people get involved. 
because they have to guess where the notes were supposed to have been. And it's kind of like a community effort. So you can shout out B-flat, C, whatever. When you hear a note that sounds familiar, just here we go. Quit your rambling. Quit your gambling. Quit staying out late at night. Stay Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, sponsored by the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Nutmeg, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Hope to see you all again real soon. car brave enough to withstand a decade's worth of multi-state family voyages is worth treating to some quality parts and Napa know-how. Coolant for the Death Valley trip, wiper blades for the Pacific Northwest, air fresheners for the Southwest Chili Cook-Off. Yeah, with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your road warrior running longer, stronger for many more vacations to come. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.